Hello there. Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars news roundup podcast brought to you by one northern guy and one supposedly southern guy from here in England. But I'll let you decide for yourself in just a moment whether this indeed is a southern accent or not, or just something nondescript, like from the far-flung regions of the known galaxy. Because of course, this podcast wouldn't be what it is without the talent Without the effervescence and without the brand new shiny looking spectacles of one Mr. Gary Aylert. All right there. Got your hat on backwards, I see. Is that not is that not causing issues with your uh, with your chair? You're not banging your chair, you're not. Got a full movement, mate. Full range of angles. It's all good. Maths, isn't it? Quick maths. Got the cap on. Got the thing at the back. Distance from the chair. Swing ratio. No, I'm good. I'm good, thanks, buddy. That was a quick intro, that one for me. Normally you um you leave me hanging, cooking up some sort of uh, some sort of insult. But no, thank you very much. I'm well, dude. I How are you? The, brought the insult forward, mate. Uh, easy, isn't it? Is now. Easy. Hello. Uh, I'm all right, man. Yeah, 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 a bit hectic this week because we've had the big product release at work, as you know. Um, and uh, then we've got the podcast show next week and then I'm off for a couple of weeks. So it's, yeah, it's been a bit hectic getting on top of everything and doing all the admin that falls by the wayside um, when I'm l- like doing all the release stuff because there's just a lot of other stuff to do. You know what it's like, you know what it's like. And then I take the little one swimming this afternoon. So wet through, wet through, <laughs> but we're all good. We're all good. What have you been doing Star Wars this week, old son? Star wars Been playing the old Jedi Survivor, dude. Oh, it's a decent. More, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sunk a few more hours into that this week. And um, I think I might do like a proper review episode of that. Mm. Pop it out on podcast in a week or two. And there's been loads of reviews already, of course, as you would expect. But uh, we'll do our own one on it. And uh, so far, mate, it's freaking sweet. Honestly, it's um, aside from a few little technical glitches, the story, mate, honestly, the the, the breadth of the game and how much they've added to it and... Just everything is like times 100 from Fallen Order. It's very, very good. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but the story is very, very good. It immerses you even more into the whole... It really does make you feel like you're exploring the galaxy amidst the whole post-Order 66 and keeping your nut down, but trying to form alliances and do... It's just very, very cool, mate. So yeah, played that and not much else, Star Wars. There's nothing going on really, is there? What about you? No, I'm the same. I've I, uh, I've not played that game yet, as you know, as we t- as talked about. I just I'm not going to get the time to play it, so I'm not going to spunk the seventy quid. It will literally probably take me a year to get to it, so I'll wait for a game pass or, or pick it up on when it's like thirty quid. Um, but I'm excited. I've seen a lot of good things about it. Um, I've been reading Outbound Flight. Um, yeah, I have. I don't know if you've read it, but it's I think it's my favourite Star Wars book. It's absolutely oh. badass. Really, really good. Really good. Is that the old, the oldish book that was out quite a few years ago? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the Timothy Zahn one, but it sort of doesn't get really touted as a Thrawn novel, but it is. And I didn't know that. I just I, I picked it up on the synopsis of Obi-Wan and Anakin um, decide to join an exploration mission to the outer regions and uncover something, uh, the unknown regions. I was like, oh shit, that sounds pretty good. And it's like, boom, Thrawn's there. And then boom, Saboth, the old uh, Saboth from Air to the Empire's there. And you're like, What? Didn't expect any of this. Um, <laughs> so it's really I cool. Think, yeah, I think Timothy Zahn is, um, he's like the Dave Filoni of the book world of Star Wars, isn't he? He's got that pedigree of of writing such cool, big, epic Star Wars, even back in the day, like the book you're reading now. I think there was he was writing books like 10 years before that for Star Wars. He's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, man. I'll have to pick that up though. You recommend, yeah? Oh, it's really good. Yeah, I'm going to do the uh, Hand of Throne duology in a bit as well. Probably do that on my way. Um, just get up to date on all the Throne stuff, really. And then I'm going to... Um, I think I'm going to... Yeah, I think I might rewatch Rebels as well before Ahsoka, just because there's a lot going on with that. Um, and yeah, I saw something interesting online yesterday. It was like, why is Throne so different in the books? Both books, like canon and old legends from what he is in TV. Um, and even in, in, in um, like, you know, the animated stuff. And I was like, oh, that is quite interesting. 
Um, and it's, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to go with the circle. But that's what I've been doing, mate. Um, but speaking of Thrawn, we're going to get to our first news article in just a minute because we've got a little bit of news to fly through. However, I want to do a couple of things first. I want to thank Mr. Kevin Mullen for upping his patronage over on our support link. He's, he's up to the dollars that he sends us. So thank you, my friend. We appreciate that. And uh, we're looking forward to, to seeing you on the show. Kevin was going to guest on the show today, but got a little bit busy with work. And uh, we're looking forward to welcoming him to the show. Because if you've been listening for a long time, you'll know that Kevin has, he gets a lot of shout outs because he's a great supporter. So we're really looking forward to that. And speaking of support, we're actually retiring the Patreon. And frankly, we're simplifying it a little bit further. So Captivate, the company that we both work for, but that also hosts the podcast it's actually introduced this week some similar features. So you can now not only join the Spark Rebellion membership, which is where you throw us three quid a month to say thanks for, you know, for, for, for the show, basically, and we'll give you some uh, laptop stickers. And, you know, we, we sometimes do live streaming. That is quite hard to keep on top of with the technicalities and the time. Um, but the main benefit is it's three quid a month, very low level amount, uh, you know, price of a cup of coffee and all that. We give you a laptop sticker and any, any new designs that we do as well, we'll, we'll send those out to you. It's really just a way of you saying thanks on a recurring basis. However, there is a new option. If you like the show, you can actually just give us a one-off tip and we'll use that to buy beer or something else. And you can do that at the same page. So the new page, we're not using Patreon anymore for new subscribers. And we'll talk about that in a second. But you can now give us a tip and subscribe to the new tier over at sparkofrebellion.com slash support. That'll be in the player if you're listening to this in your browser. It will be in, if you're listening to this in any app that supports the funding button, it will be that button as well. Uh, but that's sparkofrebellion.com slash support and you can do one-off tips now as well. What is going to happen to Patreon? Nothing for now. We're going to leave this. We're going to sunset it right through to the end of the year. So you've got another seven months of being active on Patreon, but I would recommend that sooner rather than later, if you are a patron already paying to support the show, that you head over, you cancel your Patreon and you set up at sparkofrebellion.com slash support. All right. And we appreciate that as always. Thank you so much. Times are hard. So every little just, we, we, we appreciate that much. All right. Let's talk. Thank you very much. Ahsoka. Yeah. No, thank you guys. You know, thank you for all your support. Thank you for your dollar bills. Yeah. Thanks right. for chucking me a quid. Yeah, sure. Good. Stripper. Anyway, Ahsoka. <laughs> so it's come out, hasn't it? It's come out. Bloody hell, it's only come out today, like two hours ago. Rosaria Dawson talks lightsaber training. She's basically said it's bloody hard. All right. She's put it over on JediNews.com, which I've recommended as one of my top five Star Wars podcasts over on Good Pods just an hour ago. She basically said that she's doing two hours a day, seven days a week, and it's been pretty intense, to paraphrase. And then you've got to figure out, you know, we're doing the filming and doing the different battles and the reshoots and the retakes and all that. It's going to be pretty tough. So it's quite an interesting read. One of the interesting things, she's mentioned that she's worked with uh, stunt coordinator Minkyu, um, who, who really helped her through, gave her a lot of validation, gave her a lot of approval. And we, I think we've got to remember that the... The, the, the training for this is very different to what Alec Guinness did. <laughs> you know, very, very different. It's much more prequel era style lightsaber stuff. Uh, very, very physical, very, very gymnastics oriented, very, very, uh, you know, chucking Yoda around, bouncing him off stuff. But she makes a really, really good point in this, which is something that I've not thought about when it comes to live action, because I'm not sure we've even seen it. Maybe from an Inquisitor, maybe. Um, and obviously a little bit from Ahsoka in The Mandalorian Season 2. But she's bloody ambidextrous. She's got two lightsabers. So it's not even just a staff or one lightsaber. So the training is sort of, you know, doubled. It's, it's, it's crazy, really. I mean, the, the amount of work that must go into this is fantastic. So I'm, 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 I'm sure that she'll deliver because she's a, you can tell she's a lithe athletic person. But man, that can't be easy. That can't be easy, dude. So yeah, well, you reckon you could pull this off? Hmm. I reckon I could pull it off immediately. But I recognise yes. it would be, yeah. But it would be difficult for most peeps. I get that. And, um, yeah, in all seriousness, though, it's when you see some people training in, like, behind the scenes of some other Star Wars films, it's hard enough for them to get their head around it with one lightsaber. 
unless of course it's um your Hayden Christensen I think he took to it like a duck to water if you look at those uh episode three behind the scenes videos you know when he's there's that big um the big fight between him and Obi-Wan I think they rehearsed that for weeks if not months leading up to filming for that and I think he was just yeah streaks ahead of of Ewan McGregor bless him so unless you're Hayden Christensen I think it's very very difficult to get your head around not so much you know the, the I thought about this a lot and not so much the um the choreography itself of having to do lightsaber fight, but more so just maintaining the technique of your particular technique of using a lightsaber at all times. Cause I think you could get carried away and just start, you know, if you're, if you're nailing the moves in the, the, in the, in the fight, how it's put together, that's one thing. But, um, you know, your, your hand might be, an, uh, you know, gripping the lightsaber slightly differently in certain scenes, or it might be your, the, the way that your legs are, planted or your feet work or whatever so having to have all of that locked in consistently throughout every fight i think is very difficult so then times two for the ambidextrous stuff yeah props to old uh, rosario for that it must be it must be pretty difficult like playing golf in it well depends who you're playing golf with against you know. cut their head off jobs are good and against yeah, yeah. It's a very brutal game in it, golf. You don't play, play with people, you play against people. Yeah. I won that all, didn't I, Dan? Eat that. <laughs> eat that. Speaking of people that are going to eat that, Thrawn's <laughs> going to make us all eat our words because he's coming back and that's a tenuous link to the next story. Dave nice. Filoni's movie. Remember that one from Star Wars Celebration? Mm. Yeah? Which is not mm. a celebration, it's a conference. That sounds, sounds boring, that. Anyway... <laughs> It Star turns Wars out conference. everyone's wearing polo shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone's wearing on. polo <laughs> shirts tucked into the jeans with shit flicker shoes on. Like a mic. Was that shit we issued, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> You've got your pony honey, ones on though, Dave. Yeah, honey, I'm just going to my Microsoft uh, I mean my Star Wars conference. <laughs> uh, so I still need the slacks and the uh, moccasins. I'll be back in a way. <laughs> and you can imagine all the geeks celebrating like that Microsoft announcement video from like 1989. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> we all dancing like absolute gimps. S- Steve Ballmer. Yeah. Oh. Get on your feet. Get up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally <laughs> no sex city in it. <laughs> if you weren't, if you were looking to go there and come back, and have lost your virginity in it fail it's like <laughs> fail. if american pan did a sequel it was like fucking american pie it was like american quiche you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. just shit <laughs> Thank- thankfully star wars celebration wasn't like that so no it wasn't oh, there good. was a lot of cosplay and we weren't cosplaying as nerds well we were but the different type of fun nerds different ones that talk to each other and sometimes do get girlfriends yeah, eat that, Dad. <laughs> you dick. I like what I like. <laughs> oh, yeah, dear. Dad. Same to my dad as well. Piss off. Yeah. It's oh, not for mate. kids, is it? And they're not toys, you ass. Now buy me five for Christmas, you jerk. I don't care about inheritance. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going okay, deep. No. We're going deep. Anyway, Sounds Dave Filoni, yep. he's got his new movie coming out, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got his big break. On the big screen coming. And uh, I've seen this has been reported like 30,000 times. It's like Dave Dave Filoni's movie title reportedly leaked. And then it's like prefaced by the the, the, the article is like, and it's absolutely no shocker. And there's variants of this around. But I was shocked by it. And I'll tell you in a minute why I was shocked by it. Because the title is apparently... Heir to the Empire. Right? <clears throat> and I'm all up for that, right? But, but obviously that's a, st- a big storyline that leads to a big trilogy and spawned off all the other Timothy Zahn stuff. And I love the new canon Zahn stuff and I love the old canon Zahn stuff because I think Thrawn's a badass character. And Timothy Zahn, frankly, writes it exactly the bloody same. Apart from, in my view, the Heir to the Empire stuff, like Thrawn's a different... It comes across different to that and Outbound Flight and... Um, that when he's like the Chiss version of Thrawn is different to when he's the Empire version of Thrawn. But that's just a characterization. That's cool, in my view. So I sort of love this 
But it raises, number one, a pile of questions. And number two, the reason that I was shocked by it is you quite literally open up Nobedville, don't you? It's like, here's a sign to Nobedville. Let them all out. Get them on Twitter. Let's all have a little cry because it's not going to be like the book was. And I just, like, if you're Filoni, like, could you be asked with that? Just make, could you, like, is, do you just make something else? Different, different, different name. And you say, oh, we've cribbed from Air to the Empire and cribbed from original stuff. Like, I get it. This on the nose is really, really good and on the surface is really good. But is it, like I said, does it set up ass wipes? Over to you, guys. Does it set up ass wipes? It probably does. It probably does. However, I don't think this is going to be an adaptation of the book, you know. I can't see... Uh, I mean, the the book's really good. I don't think it's... For Timothy Zahn's very first Star Wars book, let's be honest, it did set up a freaking sweet... He created so much cool stuff in that little... Yeah. That little pocket of time, you know, the dark times when the films were done. George Lucas is like, nah, no more films ever. What you've got is what you've got. And uh, so Timothy Zahn's like, okay, I'll see your no films and I'll raise you a very cool character that will probably be picked up by Disney Plus in the next couple of decades. So we had like some very cool stuff from him. However, I just, it doesn't seem like Dave Filoni's, um, his MO, if that makes sense. It doesn't feel like, after all the cool stuff that he's done as a creator, it doesn't feel like he's then just going to just lean on someone else's work entirely. So I can see this being just a bit of a lean into it, but a lot of original stuff. And that's sort of ba- that's what I mean. I, I totally agree with you. Like, are you going to full CGI Luke or recast him? Let's be honest. Ahsoka's going to take the Luke part, part, isn't she? Let's be clear. Luke yeah. will probably make yeah. a cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Saboth character, we, maybe that is him in the Ahsoka trailer, the guy with the beard in the world between worlds, what appears to be the world between worlds. Maybe that is him. Who knows? Hmm. Um, but it doesn't feel like him, does it? Like, this is a Gandalf-looking mofo. Gotta get, you know what I mean? I always imagine, like, Ian McKellen. Well, he's only that because of the original illustration on the old book cover, isn't it? It doesn't have to well, be. Well, that's have what to I that. use, mate. Yeah, but it is, though, isn't it? Well, and that's what Star Wars fans will say. It's a bit like Lord of the Rings, this, isn't it? You know, when we had the Amazon series drop. Mm, that was know, a hard watch. Yeah. But they, a lot of fans were the same thing. It's like, well... Gandalf, although he's not technically in it, in it, the character that in it is basically is Gandalf, doesn't look like the illustrations over the years or like Ian McKellen. So now in our headcanon, it's not Gandalf. So see you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You end up going down a rabbit hole with that sort of thing. So I don't know. I don't know on this one. It just doesn't feel like we're going to have a direct copy from book to film. No, I think it's just the title. Yeah. And it's got to set up the First Order, which we know about anyway, you know, the unknown mm. regions. And it's got to get rid of Thrawn at the end, now at the end of Dark Force Rising. We know, spoiler alert, if you've not read it, he does die. He gets killed by the Nagori. Um, and and, and it's... It, yeah, just, <laughs> I just... I sort of hope it's not, because you could still pull from all the best elements of Air to the Empire without ever going, it's not my Air to the Empire. Fuck you, Disney. Fuck you, Kathleen. I'm not listening or watching anything else that you do. And then they do because they're absolute whiners. But the point is, like, I don't know, does it just does it just force people to have a little cry for no like does it <laughs> does it almost set up the review bombing? Does it almost set up the embargoing and the ditching? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a gateway, isn't it, into that stuff, if you're not careful. But then again, I mean Every single Star Wars movie since Disney mm. bought them has come under huge scrutiny or fan mm. backlash or whatever. So it's par for the course. It's probably going to happen with every film. So yeah, why true. Not ju- you know, why not just embrace it a little bit? Yeah, we'll throw in all this shit from from whatever. If you don't like it, you don't like it anyway. None of you liked it anyway. <laughs> we haven't you haven't liked anything we've done since then. So fine, let's just roll with it. Of course, that's yeah. an oversimplification, but you know what I mean. No, no, that's, that's not, a good point, man. Yeah. yeah, that that might be like, yeah, that's not a bad shout, actually. That is not a bad shout, because I don't think they've directly adapted anything from 
Legends and said it's a direct adaptation. So fair. I mean, Marvel get away with it. Civil War, the Infinity Gauntlet stuff. They're all broad, loose, at best adaptation. Secret Wars coming up, you know. Um, so if we'll there's see. no Luke, if there's no Luke, then there's no Mara Jade, right? You'd think Supposedly, so. Supposedly, maybe. Because yeah. she's only in it because he's in it, really. Yeah, yeah. There's a foil. There's a foil. Yeah. Um, 2,400 quid per night, per person, for you and me to stay at Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Remember that? Over in Orlando, Disney World, it's been absolutely hammered with problems because, frankly, it's a mental price. <laughs> now, I'd be all right with it as a one-off. You know, you go and you do your Jedi training, you mess about with Rey, you mess about with Kylo Ren, you knock about a little bit, get a bit of snap, and I would imagine that you think to yourself, this is all right, and then the day after you're like, why did I spunk five grand on that? <laughs> well, it turns out that everyone else is thinking that as well, because they're closing it. Oh, oh man. They're closing it. I mean, it's, they've put out some brass into this, uh, but yeah, they're closing it. They've just been in it. They've been in it. Jesus Christ. Gone. I think this September. Yeah. Gone, mate. After 18 months of, of service. Gone. What a pain. A pain. Yeah. This is a good lesson, you know, in um in just because this has got the Star Wars name on it, it doesn't mean it's gonna carry any success. I think um many, many moons ago. If you'd have done this and just said, yeah, this is a Star Wars thing, it would have been sweet. But these days, fans are just more savvy than that. And the reason why I say that is because if you look at all the promo shots, all of the photography that came out of the cabins and, and all that stuff, it just doesn't look like Star Wars. It looks like a really generic science fiction. This could be Battlestar Galactica. Do you know what I mean? It could be all that stuff. It's, and, and the other thing is it doesn't appeal to classic fans at all. Just like Galaxy's Edge, it's all newer, newer Star Wars stuff. So you might have your kid who loves the Rise of Skywalker like you do, who's like, yeah, I really want to go and mm. do this thing because it's Star Wars. You're like, oh, it's not my bag. I'm like a fan of older stuff, but, you know, fine, I'll take you because you want to see it. But for the literally the, the genuine fans of the original trilogy and all that stuff in the prequels, there's nothing for them, nothing for them at all. So it says it's Star Wars, mate, but... It just doesn't look or feel like Star Wars, so it's just an important lesson, man. You can't just put Star Wars on the on the on the badge and expect it to sell. Not these days, mate. No, that's right. I think it's um, you know the premium Grand Captain Cabin was twenty grand a night, right? Which is insane. Um, and they've come out and said, you know, this is a, this is a hundred room boutique experience, which I get. And, and, and I get that they're trying to sell the experience. It's a very premium thing. But, like, it's, it, it, you've, got to, you've got to make it feel Star Wars. You've got to make it feel premium. And I just wondered if Star Wars was, like, the wrong thing for that. You know, do, do, should this have just been Marvel straight down the wire? Because it just, yeah, Star Wars is one of the biggest franchises in the world. But Marvel is bigger amongst people that are going to go, you would think, to those kind of things. You would just think, you know, it, it, it's... They've, they've had to push into the sequel era because that's the thing that the kids that want to go have seen. You know, it's been recent. Yeah. You know, if someone watched Force Awakens or Last Jedi when they were two or three years old, they're now coming up to 10, 11, 12 years old. And and so it's it just it I don't know to me it would have made more sense to try this and I don't I'm not an expert on this I don't know the numbers I don't profess to know their business or even how to run a business like that but you know Spider Man's bloody Spider Man <laughs> doesn't matter how old you are do you know what I mean Yeah, Rachel. and yeah, there's a good reason why at um, a Disney World Florida there's a good reason why they converted one of the mid range hotels to whatever it was before to now the art of Marvel hotel. And that's one of the best selling mm -hmm. hotels and some of the best reviewed rides at Disney world are the guardians of the galaxy ride. And at the new, um, the Marvel experience at the Disneyland Paris. So the Marvel stuff really just does appeal to everybody. Cause like you just said, Spider-Man is Spider-Man. Like 
we've grown up with Spider-Man and we're old. And, you know, wow. so we know all that stuff. Well, it's in our 30s, but we know all that stuff. And all the kids know it and all the characters because of the success of the films more than anything these days. But so that's more, that holds more of a, a more of a generational appeal for everything. So you can, you can put, yeah, this would have been better to do to do this like as an Avengers style, go mm-hmm. and stay on like the, you know, the floating airship thing, whatever it was that Fury's got you know, theme it around all that stuff mm-hmm. and and all that. So yeah, I'll read you, man, totally. It would have been way better to do this as a Marvel thing. I agree. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that then because they've still got the land, they've got the building, they've got to do something with it. Can't see them flattening it, can you? I think they'll do something else with it, turn it into something. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see because there's a lot going on that they are doing a lot with Marvel already and they've got the new Star Wars land opening as well, haven't they, over in Orlando? Um, or is it Anaheim? One of the two, they're building that big-ass uh, Star Wars new... Orlando, it's yeah. Pretty much a, yeah, it's pretty much a full park, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. So they continue to invest, obviously, and, and they continue to do that. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But it's no surprise that this is uh, this is closing down. Um, Kathleen Kennedy, you know, the villain of all the YouTubers, <laughs> uh, she did an interview with Empire talking about the movies and uh, sort of invented, well, nothing actually. Um, She basically said that, you know, we need to make Star Wars an event. Fucking hell, really? (laughs) Uh, Look at this. Fire is hot. Do you know what I mean? So she said, (laughs) a little bit like James Bond, every two or three years, no pressure to rush them out. Plenty of marketing, plenty of PR, plenty of hype, plenty of excitement. Yeah. She said, we've got to do that for Star Wars. Which is what Star Wars did before Disney got probably into, we're going to do a Boba Fett movie, and then we're going to do an Obi-Wan movie, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to spunk out everything on Disney+. Plus. It sounds like someone's rattled some heads to me <laughs> and been like, you said, just because you put Star Wars on it, Shagger, does not mean people are going to come. And stop writing shite. So <laughs> it sounds yeah. like that's what's gone on. Like Disney Plus has been doing all right. There's been some swings. There's been some misses. There's been some, there's been some wins. But the movies have not fared quite as well since Rogue One, let's be completely honest. Since Rogue One, you've had a tumultuous ride of The Last Jedi, uh, followed by Solo, followed by The Rise of Skywalker. Right? That's been the run since Rogue One in 2016. Force Awakens gets a little bit of a pass because, you know, the, for everyone that says, well, it's just like A New Hope, that's sort of the point. That is, I get that sort of the point. Um, from a both a, a thematic, you know, neo-Nazi-esque sort of neo-fascism vibe to a, let's make my dad feel like this is his Star Wars as well as the new Star Wars for the kids, right? Like, I get that. It's, it, it was the safest way to do it. Everything else has really struggled with. And, and 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 it felt it did feel like we were all excited about all these big announcements and and and, and the particularly the Star Wars film a year. We were all excited about that when they started doing it. And then they cancelled them all after solo. Um So it just it feels like you know, they're trying to make a bit of an announcement and a bit of an innovation out of something that has existed for years in not just in cinema, but in the world of Star Wars specifically. You know, we've lived through we've lived through that absolutely. You know, if you think I can't remember, and I doubt you can, like any of the OT being in cinemas, I doubt we can remember that. You'll have been, you know, what three? I'm the sort of same for Return of the Jedi. I've been three, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we ain't remembering that, but then we remember the prequels. You know, everything, regardless whether you love them or load them, the prequels. You're like, holy shit, this is Star Wars on a cinema screen. Holy crap, look at this. There's, you know, there was three years between each of those, which is, look at all the, for me, all the high quality trilogies that you get out there. You know, Batman Begins to the Dark Knight. A Dark Knight to Dark Knight Rises. You know, Dark Knight Rises got a bit of stick from me, from a lot of people, but on, on reflection, it's, it's a little bit better with age. Batman's still not quite Batman, but four years between them to do that, you know? Um, so it feels like the, trying to avoid that pressure of being a Marvel, of being, you know, that type of company. 
maybe learning from some of the mistakes, but trying to dress it up as innovation. So what do you make of this, dude? Yeah, I think it's just Kath trying to, I think she's just trying to um, generate some, some, some news out of nothing because if she doesn't, then there literally is nothing where it concerns Star Wars movies. She has to say something. She can't, she can't be in an interview and someone says, so what are we doing about the Star Wars films? And she's just like, sorry, did you just ask a question? Yeah, what are we doing about the Star Wars films? Is she going to ask a question or what? Because, you know, <laughs> I'm not sitting here in silence. So she has to say something. She has to come up with... Yeah, so the only thing she can come up with really is just what George did decades ago with all the other films. I mean, this is not... This is not reinventing the wheel. Like you said, there was a few years between each of those films in the uh, in each of the trilogies. So by her saying, you know, we're going to give each film a bit of a break of a few years and make them event event cinema again, it's just, you know, it's money for old rope. And, uh, you know, I don't know. But one thing I will say, though, which is always, always makes every time you bring it up, it makes me chuckle because when fans criticise The Force Awakens about being very similar to A New Hope, it makes me laugh because you think um, that JJ and all the other people that made it, after the film came out and they saw that in reviews, they were like, oh shit, we accidentally remade <laughs> And you yeah. Hope. It's like, come on. They knew exactly what type of film they were making. Yeah. It's meant to be, you know, have shades of and you Hope. It's just funny when fans are like, this is outrageous. How can it be so lazy and just end up with a film that's like, and you Hope is like, yeah, dude, that's the point. That's exactly yeah. what they want you to watch, you dickhead. It's just so funny. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the, the people didn't get that, did they? It's um, yeah. I always enjoy seeing people like that have a good old wine. Like they, they, like they know how to do this stuff. You know, we probably fall into that trap. But the, yeah, the idea that it was an accident. Oh, God, Kathleen, problem. <laughs> what? <laughs> Right, just watch the movie. You know, the one that we'd all written and read the script and signed off and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where have you seen that before? Well, nowhere. If you won't remember, we're fine. Roll with it. Go, 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 go. And then sure Bob Chapek's like, fuck, I'm going to get fired for this. Fast forward 10 years. Bob Iger's like, guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Chapek got the, got the chop for that, probably. But probably. it's... um. Yeah, it's, it's, I think Star Wars is an event. I remember when The Force Awakens and Last Jedi, and even Rogue One, even though they were every year, it felt like an event. And it, even though it's to the day, actually, it's, uh, what, 24 years since The Phantom Menace came out today, 19th of May. Um, the, the release windows, being at Christmas, made them feel like an event, you know, a yeah. When, mm -hmm. You don't normally go to the cinema over Christmas, or I don't personally, it, but it's like, a, you know, I don't give a fuck about Aquaman coming out on Christmas Day. You know, but who cares? <laughs> so, but Star Wars, between Christmas and New Year, or actually the day before Christmas Eve, or whenever we released them, you know, whatever, however it fell. Man, that, be, that was like the start of your holiday. It was like the start of the Christmas thing. It was like, you know what I mean? It was an event. Um mm -hmm. And they, yeah. they designed that on purpose. So, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I sort of, I do hope they've learned from that. I do hope they've learned from that lesson. But um, she's also been talking about the old Ray movie, you know, the new Jedi Order movie that's coming out in a few years' time, which it's still being reported. So this is according to the direct.com. Apparently, this, this is still slated for uh, 2025, which, man... That feels freaking tight, unless they've been doing more on this than we know about. That feels tight as, you know. We're already nearly halfway through 2023. Unless it's a Christmas release, that's only two years. That's that is tight, tight, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? For a mm -hmm. Star Wars gig, man. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Kathleen Kennedy has alluded to the fact that Luke still has a part to play in the future of these movies, which we've talked about before. Um, it's reported that he will, of course assume the mantle of mentor that we sort of saw in the sequel trilogy, kind of, to a degree. And we'll take over the Obi-Wan style role, the Yoda style role from the original trilogy. That, I don't think this is any surprise if it does come to fruition. Um, I personally am delighted that Mark Hamill, and I'm sure he is, gets to carry on being Luke Skywalker because I think he got that raw deal and I think 
even after some of the stuff that he'd said publicly when The Last Jedi came out, somewhat walked that back a little bit, but still, he was a bit miffed. I think it's. I think it will be nice for him to properly feel like he's passed on the mantle, you know? Mm. Um, so I, if this is true, it's, it is. it feels sort of speculative, but then it's kind of alluded to that Kathleen might have sort of kind of confirmed it. Um, if this is true, man... I think this is pretty cool. Yeah, this is pretty sweet. And I'll, um, I'll gracefully accept defeat on this one. I think the last episode or the one before, you like, Gaz, Luke coming back for this Ray movie. I'm like, nah. No, it's, you know, they're going to try and do something very fresh with it and forget about the, like, this is Skywalker saga version two now. We can't keep bringing them back all the time. But on reflection... Like you just said, I think it would be a very cool thing. More than anything, just have a bit of redemption for his character. Absolutely, man. The way it was there. Uh, got a bit of a bum deal, didn't he? Mm. With the old uh, sequel trilogy. So yeah, I'm totally up for it, dude. I just I just didn't think that it would be a thing because of the Skywalker saga coming to a close. Um, but it does make sense. You know, she can't, she can't rebuild the order on her own. Simple as that. There has to be some other influence somewhere, whether it's force ghosts like it would be the case with Luke or whether there's another Jedi that turns up is like, oh, I wanted to do this thing too. You know, I wanted to start this Patreon style thing, but no one else wanted to do it with me. You're a Jedi as well. <laughs> Sweet. Give Tag us a quid. Team. Here we go. A quid or a credit, a galactic credit, please. And we'll get it going. <laughs> <laughs> that blue milk. <laughs> Put that blue milk down. Yeah. Get out of that land speeder. Let's go. Let's do it. Lightsabers, probably. Orange one. What colour would you be? Well, if you had a... If, if, if this is real, real now. If Yoda walked in now and said, look, I'm on my way to Ilum. I'm going to get, you know, shopping basket full of crystals. You can have any colour you want. And this is a real lightsaber. What would you... What colour would you opt for? Um... Here we go. While he's thinking, I'll probably go for a green one because I've got a bit of a soft spot for the old green. Yeah, I was in between green and blue. I'm going to go blue just because it's Anakin's original. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a soft spot for Luke's green one in Return of the Jedi, you know. I get that. Yeah, like it. Yeah. No red one for you then, mate? No. No Sith. I can do bad things without advertising it, mate. No purple? No. No window? No. No, man, let, let him let him do that. I don't want to get hunted down. The guy was filming in Halifax near me, wasn't he? I ain't fucking risking that. Oi, Windu. I mean, Sam. Got your lightsaber, eh? Get out. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Mean it. Jesus. What right, are we more about? movie stuff. More um, movie stuff. Kath's been doing the rounds, hasn't she? She's done a lot of interviews, bless her. Um, kidding, she's done one with Empire, and everyone's reported on it in different ways to get clicks. To their website, which is cool. However... <laughs> Taika Waititi that script is two thirds in she's basically come out and said yeah the Waititi one's still moving he won't mind me saying this but he's a little bit slow we've got two acts we need a third that sort of terrifies me a little bit but I'm glad they're not rushing it you know the third act's yeah. like always oh, the shit show it normally goes a bit <laughs> pear shaped on the third act in a lot of movies um, I hope this is not one of them. I'm sure this is not an indicator of this being one of them. I'm sure this is just Taika Waititi being busy because he's Taika Waititi. Um, but we shall see. And I will say, I hope it doesn't try and force any of that humour in from the last Thor film because it worked in Ragnarok, but it was shocking in the latest one. I will just say that. She's also said that Lando and Rogue Squadron, the, the formerly Patty Jenkins movie, she bailed on it, I can't remember, and uh, the Lando mm. series with Donald Glover, apparently, we've not heard anything. Th- can you believe this is three years since they were announced at Investor Day 2020? Um, still not really heard anything apart from that little sort of teaser Top Gun-esque trailer from Patty on that. Um, apparently, they're still going ahead. And Ryan Johnson is really, really busy. Keeps getting bigger and better and bigger and better and bigger and better. So, you know, the speculation is that we won't say anything from him for a long, long time, if we ever do at all. So we'll see on that. I think that's probably not going to happen, but uh, we will see on that one. So yeah, this this part of the reporting from Kathleen's interview slash interviews sort of doesn't interest me that much. I 
just because it feels a bit more concrete. And I think what's ironic is the one that was announced this year at Celebration, the Ray movie, the new Jedi one we just spoke about, that's the one that she's saying is the next movie. So, yeah, you know, yeah, this is a strange old one. This, this interview that she did with these comments about these films, because is it a case do you think that she just doesn't want to admit defeat on some of these? Because any other, any other head of a studio, whatever would just be like, yeah, it's done. We had it. We announced it. It didn't work out next. But I don't know, they, it just feels like they don't want to let these things drop. I mean, it's going to get to the point where nobody wants them anymore because it's going to have that feeling of when they do get released, it's going to be like, well, this is going to be shit before we've even stepped in the cinema because it's got that troubled release and troubled production and, and all that stuff. It just taints the, the, the coolness of, you know... If we're all gonna if we're all gonna go and see this as Kath wants us to, and it be every Star Wars film being an event, then that event is gonna be a bit lackluster because before we've even stepped in the cinema, it's like, well, this is the one that was in production for twenty years, and nobody wanted to do in the end, and it's probably gonna be rubbish. So I don't know. The most interesting thing is the Watiti thing. I mean, I think out of everybody, he's probably the one that's gonna have a film out within the next decade out of all of these things. So mm. uh, yeah, I can't see, uh, I can't see um, Lando coming out anytime soon, especially Rogue Squadron. I mean, that was, I don't know, mate. It's, she's weird. You know, it feels like she just won't let things go. Very strange. Just, just admit it. You know, it didn't work out. You had a cool idea. You got, so, yeah. you know, so far with it and it didn't work. Just let it go. It is weird, that part of it, isn't it? And it yeah, because she just keeps giving the same updates, literally keeps giving the same updates. Um, yeah, I, I just... I, like I said, I think I've just lost a bit of interest in it. Mm, same, yeah. You know? But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and there's an element of um, of the, the boy crying wolf with, with these things mm. nowadays, isn't there? Because they've cancelled more projects than they have released in terms of movies. So now it's like, all right then. Like you said, with this new Ray film, the new Jedi Order, I think that's the only one that's probably got legs and will be out probably 2026. As you said, 2025 is a bit tight, but yeah, the other ones, who knows? Who bloody knows? We will bloody see. Um, All right, in shades of Chris Pratt, who came out this week and said that Guardians helped him to basically never audition for a role again, Joel Edgerton, he of Owen Lars fame, said that he similarly owes his pretty much his career to George Lucas casting him in the prequels. Um, he's, he's, he's basically sort of said what we'd all expect, you know. He gets auditions or got auditions based on Star Wars. Um, I, I think that's a charming thing to do and I think it's an unseen benefit of being in something so tentpole as those prequels were and that anything Star Wars is alleged to be, I think. Um the, the, I think the, the, the notion of Star Wars getting you through the door as an actor, it must be tough as hell being a bloody actor, especially out in LA genuinely. You know, everyone's fighting for the, the, the same role. Everyone's doing the same thing. You, you're literally living there to eat, get ripped and do work. You know, the, the, there's, it must be soul destroying. Um, so for someone to get this, and then to just get through to other things like The Great Gatsby most recently, but also things like Warrior and all everything else that we've seen him in, because I really like this guy, Joe Legend, and I think he's a good guy. I think he's a really good, solid actor. It's just quite a nice little behind-the-scenes story, and he goes on to say, you know, they had a bit of banter about Owen Lars being a bit dull, and when they did the Obi-Wan series, he was a little bit reticent to come back because he was, you know, dull as a character. He didn't want to remain dull. He wanted to have a little bit of a fight, and of course, we, we saw him got to fight Reva. Um... So not not much to this story, man. Just a nice little, yeah, that's nice for a minute. That that's nice because he just, do you know, he just seems like one of those solid jobbing actors that crops mm. up in so many things, and you just you just know he's always going to be good. So it's yeah. just a nice story. Yeah, it's a cool little thing. Yeah, not much to say on this one. It's just nice that um, that the the news has shifted away a little bit from from Kath and his interviews and all that. Um, you know, projects in the works and all that stuff that we know is just bollocks anyway. This is a solid, good old, yeah, cheers, George. You know, after casting me in that film, my career's been fucking sweet. 
and I, you know you have that a lot it's um i think it's really important to uh to recognize that stuff as you go through your career at some point to just you know throw a little bit of you know there's a couple of people for me that uh, in the same boat for me in my in my career there's like two maybe three people that you know i owe eternal thanks to uh, one of them not going to mention on this podcast because that'd be a bit a bit embarrassing but you know so yeah i i know exactly what this guy is saying so uh well, it's backfired, isn't it? Uh, it's embarrassing. You can put your dad, yeah. your mum, yeah. <laughs> right? No one that works yeah. here, yeah? Oh, you... oh, it's backfired, isn't it? Oh. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, man. And, um, yeah, and you're right. Like, he just pops up, doesn't he, all these different things. He's done loads of TV and films. And he never stars, but you always think, ah, that's Owen Lars from from uh, from Star Wars. And he's just solid, man. So, yes, dude, agree. It's a nice little story, this one. It is, man. It is, and I agree. We've all got those kind of uh, you know relationships throughout the years, uh, and and especially all those years ago, twenty four years ago, when he started. You know, if you think you know back to the early days of your career as well, it, it can a good a good um, role with a good person can really make or break you at that young age. So yeah, I, I do. I do get the sentiment with that one. Uh, speaking of of making and breaking people. Palpatine's a bright old bugger looks for that, isn't he? Builds you up and tears you down again and then puts you in some bleeding armour. Well, you know we're into the old collectibles, aren't we? Not toys, dad eat shit. We're into the old collectibles, yeah? Hot toys, some of our favourites. They've released a Clone Wars era Ian McDermid sculpt sixth scale Palpatine slash Darth Sidious. And this thing is absolutely mint. It's absolutely mint. So we basically get the Dark Lord Sidious in all <laughs> his dirt, dark glory, with his uh, but with his with his senatorial robes on. You know, he's got his burgundy robes with his little navy blue flush and his little gold medallion. But then he's got his force lightning. He's got his hood. He's got his bloody lightsabers. He's got his own little diorama that he stands on and he's just massively, massively poseable. It's a really well-designed setup. And the way that they've designed this is it's pre-disfiguration from the Force line in, in um, Revenge of the Sith. So you've got a really, really good McDermott sculpt on this one. And I'll be honest, hood up, it's Sidious, hood down, it's like, oh, that's the Chancellor. It's Dude, this is exceptionally well done. We've also got... Um, a clone commander as well, clone commander Fox, which I also really, really like. That's again, that's a six scale, um, and, and and I mean that one does look fantastic as well. I think Hot Toys do these really good clones anyway. Um, but for me, man, the Sidious slash Palpatine one is absolutely stunning. Have you seen it? Have you seen the pictures? Yeah, I'm looking at them now, dude. It's um, oh, it, it's one of those sculpts where Hot Toys have just oh, chef's kiss nailed yeah. the the facial uh even though it's a clone wars this is kind of a, a cool amalgamation of these uh these two slightly different star wars th- themes coming together which is the animated style from the neck down being from the clone wars but the facial sculpt being um uh mcdermid from the movies and uh well the anakin and the uh, search and they're doing the, they did the anakin one didn't they then they did that's the one that i'm desperate for they did then they released the Obi-Wan one, the Clone Wars general Obi-Wan Kenobi with McGregor's face. And now this one, and you're like, you. Yeah, no, it, they they knock it out of the park. I mean, not every one of their figures is, um, you, you sort of immediately think, right, I'm just giving you the money now. Yeah. But with this one, it's like, oh. just the close up to the, fa- I think the, um, they have this system, I can't remember what it's called, like, you can like roll the eyeballs it's like a little switch at the back of the head and you can move the eyes around and stuff. It looks very creepy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's called action, man. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the fox, uh, the Commander Fox looks very cool. Uh, it's got the old, um, you know, the burgundy style uh, elite armor and stuff. Yeah, it looks very cool, man. So, oh, that, that uh, Palpatine one, though. Even with the hood up and you just see like his, his features like from the nose down, to his neck is just bang on like every angle oh it looks so good man oh god might have to it pick really this up does. you know oh. i know man I'm, I'm gonna wait until the other two come the 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 i've got the obi-wan and the darth vader from obi-wan kenobi 
but I reckon in the future, I reckon my next ones, if I do get any more, will be these Clone Wars era. Because uh, I've wanted that Anakin for years. Um, and that for me, I reckon, you know, eventually you get a bit older, I'll run out of room or the kid will want this room and all the collectible stuff will go in a box in the loft. But these little bad boys will be the things that stay out. Um, probably in the kitchen. Yeah, side, probably, probably next to the kettle. Yeah, don't put, point the kettle that way. I'll get steam on him. They <laughs> <laughs> just don't know, do they? Get out of the way, I'll do it. <laughs> Fine, you make the tea all the time then. Suits me. Looks good, mate. Very cool figure, this. Looks very good. Yeah, it's meant. 265 bucks. So, well, it's to be expected of these six scales. So, they're decent. You know, it's going to be a foot tall. You know, unless my dermid's a midget. You say that. Uh, Little person. Yeah, it's a small person. Yeah. I don't know what's the deal these days. Who knows? What's different? Find out. Probably get that on Twitter. So, 265 bucks. Yeah. It'll be a foot tall, unless he is a smaller version. And uh, it looks pretty badass. Comes with a range of hands. It's a USB-powered lightsaber and electric lightning, obviously, as you'd expect. There is no other lightning. And, yes. yeah, it just looks stunning. Comes with this, like, sort of theatre stand and just absolutely beautiful. We'll stick a link in the show notes. Go and check it out. All right, that is Spark of Rebellion, episode 188. It is a wrap. It's been a pleasure, as always, talking about Star Wars, bringing some of the news back. Thanks for letting us have a week off last week. I'm not going to be around now for a couple of weeks. I'm at the podcast show in London with main man Gary Aylert here next week, and we're a little bit hectic, and then I'm off for two weeks. Um, Just holidaying, chilling out, you know, doing what we do, and uh, just having a good couple of weeks off. Guys, I don't know if you're going to do that Jedi Survivor episode. We'll see. But if not, I'll certainly see you and the wonderful audience in a couple of weeks' time. And a big thank you, like I said, to all of our patrons over on Patreon. We've got Kev Mullen, who's just upped his subscription. Thank you very much. But what I will say is we are going to be sunsetting Patreon. So if you do get the chance, head over to sparkrebellion.com support. You've got until the end of December to move from Patreon over to that platform. Or if you're new, you can get involved over there. And you can even leave us a one-off tip that we'll use to buy beer. SparkRebellion.com slash support. Much love. And from me, adios for now. Gadlar, Sidi. Yeah, see you all soon. It's um, It's been great to chat Star Wars as always. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll do a review for Jedi Survivor. I think I'll pop that out. I'm also away for a couple of weeks. Next week, as Mark said, we're at the podcast show London. If you're a podcaster and you've listened to any of our podcasts, Spark Rebellion or Mark's Podcast Accelerator, or my Doctor Who podcast, whatever, come and say hi. Come and have a chat. We'll talk uh, all things podcast with you. And then I'm off for the same few days as you for your holiday. So yeah, we're both away for a couple of weeks, but we'll be back shortly after that. So until next time, we'll see you for episode 189. Take care of yourself and may the force be with you always. Always.